The following is satirical and not real financial advice. Proceed with caution. Good morning world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. It's me from the year 2075. My conscious is now uploaded to AI. Gender is for the poor. And I have a three-bedroom flat on Mars. Take your savings, your retirement, your dead father's inheritance, and invest it all into BP Oil Company. They will find oil on Mars and become the colonizers of the universe again. I sold my wife and my car to purchase 25,000 in shares. Stay tuned, it will only get better from here. How's it going guys? It's your boy, Bernard Looney, on my way to the New York Stock Exchange to become a rich war profiteer. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing great. I'm about to do better because I'm going to become rich off of war. Like some of the finest Americans in American history. In all seriousness, this couple sips of coffee and don't have my brain going, I guess. In all seriousness, it's a beautiful Sunday. Ah, it's actually kind of cloudy, but it's a beautiful Sunday, beautiful day to be alive. I'm back with an episode a couple days later than I usually, than I intended, but... I had stuff going on, start of a new uh, session at school, little, kind of, not really a lot that I wanted to talk about, um, but I got some things that I could get off my chest and then spew, even though no one asked, into a microphone and put on the internet. <clears throat> anyway, obviously that at the at the beginning was a disclaimer, I had to leave that disclaimer just in case, you never know, um, but really though. In all seriousness, when it comes to stocks, though, I I think I've shared this story before. Maybe I've, I haven't gotten into depth, but the whole reason I got into crypto last year was the AMC GameStop saga, which, by the way, there's a pretty pretty interesting documentary, especially for people that only have a surface level education on on stocks the way that I do. I really only know the basics. I couldn't tell you before I watched this documentary what a short was. I only knew a little bit. I I took one class of business in college and then changed my major. And, you know, I'm pretty decent at flopping around the stock market and making a few bucks. But I've never been too crazy. And, of course, it's really hard to start out with no money and try to make a lot of money on with stocks. It's a gradual thing. A lot of people are trying to be like, oh, you know, what penny stocks can I invest in to become a millionaire by next year? That's not... You're probably not going to find that company, and if you do, you're going to have to dump in a lot of money. Anyway, I was having fun with stocks, making a couple hundred bucks. It was cool. And then the AMC GameStop thing came, and it completely radicalized me. You know, I've talked about this before. If you become radicalized to support another side, you're not doing it because you actually support it. You're doing it out of spite for the other side, for the original side you were you were part of. And that's what happened with me with, with uh, stocks. I completely got turned off, was only holding Disney for a long time, um, wouldn't even open the app anymore, moved over to crypto. And then I find out, you know, after being in that for a year, paying taxes on it, also made a decent amount of money on there. Um, stock, I mean, crypto's trash. Crypto's a scam. At least <laughs> when it comes to stocks, that's real. That's stuff you can tangibly hold. It's things that you can actually see unfold in the real world. Crypto's not. No matter what any of these weird crypto dudes on Twitter say, they're all in it for themselves. They don't actually genuinely believe that crypto is legit. They've lied to themselves 
time and time again because they have 50,000, 100,000. Some of these, some of these, uh, like Odell Beckham Jr. took his payment in Bitcoin right before his NFL salary in Bitcoin right before it crashed. Crypto's garbage. It's trash. And yeah, the stock market, it is, it's, you could say that it's rigged. You could say that, you know, the people with the hedge funds, they have the advantage, but that doesn't mean that there's no money to be made for regular people like me and you. So I got back into stocks. I've been looking into, because I have a full-time job and I go to school full-time, I'm not trying to day trade. And also on Robinhood, you can't day trade unless you have, you're doing it in amounts that are 25,000 or over. So I've just been looking for passive ways to make money, looking into ETFs, index funds. If that's something that you're interested in, you totally should do what I did. I did research. Um, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of videos where people talk about not, do not invest uh, emotionally. Don't invest, don't get excited, don't get angry, don't panic, sell, none of that stuff. And also my dad taught me something that Warren Buffett said. Warren Buffett said, do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. So if everyone's buying, you sell. If everyone's selling, you buy. Also, of course, there comes a nuance with that. Sometimes if everyone is panic selling something because it's about to get delisted, probably is not a safe bet to buy it. Um, but yeah, I did a couple weeks of research because I was reading a lot of people were saying, if you're going to get, you know, invest a, a decent amount of money into investments, you need to really understand what they are. You need to understand the best case scenario, worst case scenario, the in-between, the history of these things. What could go wrong? What could go right? Blah, blah, blah. So I do highly recommend that because right now, you know, the market's actually doing well. Surprisingly, I thought it was going to take a hit. So I was kind of waiting to make moves. But at the end of the day, what I've gotten into, it's kind of a tried and true method. I hope that it continues to to go on the, the an upswing as it has for the past 50 years or whatever. But yeah, if if you're thinking about investing, I think now is the time. Maybe don't dump anything heavy in just in case, you know, if you're an American, just in case America gets pulled into World War Three, that is going to hurt the market, but it will eventually rebound. Because I read this thing, it was like, how, what's the history of the stock market bouncing back after wars? And it's always an insane amount, like a little bit into, a little bit after a war starts, uh, well, really probably towards the end of each war, it's always bounced back plus like 30 or 40%. And if you just look at how much the market has grown, how much money has grown in America, it, it might not feel like it for normal people, but for those rich people, man, that stock market overall, it just keeps growing and growing and it's a whole beast. It's a whole beast with a lot of moving parts, a lot of shady stuff, of course, going on. You should watch that documentary if you have capability to get on hbo max it's called gaming wall street two episodes they really talk about you know what led up to the games they focus on the gamestop thing um they show some people that were impacted some people that were part of wall street bets that dumped money into it there's even a guy who made like 34 million dollars um off gamestop so it's interesting and then it, it breaks down all the terms very simply what is a retail investor what is a short what is a blah 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 so it's cool you guys should check it out if you're interested in that. But anyway, let's get into the episode. Let's see. Okay. These companies continue to do business in Russia. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to look at that. Um, at the end of the day, this is what I learned 
in high school. I want to say I was a sophomore in high school and I was in a business ethics class. There is no ethics in business. Well, there is. But at the end of the day, if you're an international business and you have locations and headquarters in Russia, you... I'm not going to sit here and say that you're a war profiteer and you're making money out. You don't care about, you're putting all your morals aside for blah, 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 blah. A lot of companies are staying overseas because they have to. There's one of the cool things that I saw about uh, Coinbase, the, the I think the most popular crypto platform in the exchange in the entire world. They said, we're not going to shut down our services in Russia because for for lots of Russians, Crypto is the only money that they can use right now. It's the only currency they can use. So you have Bridgestone. Um, they're suspending activity. You have, of course, McDonald's, which is good for the good for the Russians because they don't need to be eating that trash right now. <laughs> um, there are a bunch of companies that are staying overseas. Let me find the list of them. Let's see. Abbott. I don't know what that is. Um, oh. So they're a multinational medical device and healthcare company. Yeah, I mean, guys, you can't you can't make articles like this and act like you're going to shame and you're going to try to cancel these corporations. They don't give a shit about what you have to say. They don't give a shit about cancel culture. They don't care about any of that. They care about money. And they're probably all going to come out and say their uh, publicity department's going to come out and say, "Hey, we're, you know, we can't pull we can't pull medical supplies out of russia the people the regular people need it the people in ukraine might need it blah 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 it's it's stupid i don't know why i saved this article i don't care but the next thing is interesting so marjorie taylor green everyone's favorite disgusting looking squawking bird i don't remember what she is she's part of the government she i think she's a let me, let me look this up marjorie taylor green uh I, I have to see this i have to see this lady's face She's the worst, man. She really is. She's, when I talk about grifter, she's top 10 for sure. Let's see. Fact check. Democratic activist falsely claimed blah, blah, blah. She is. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia says she is a far-right conspiracy theorist who has served as U.S. representative for Georgia's 14th congressional district since 2021. I don't know. You know, I think that she came, she really got elected because she was some psycho who kept peddling the 2021 or the 2020 election was stolen kind of thing he she's part of that crowd she saw a power vacuum there and decided she was going to make a quick buck and become a, a cringe grifter by jumping into that scene marjorie taylor green is a piece of trash she's horrifying to look at she's horrifying to listen to she's horrifying to read her tweets because there's there's no brain there she she must have lost all of her brain cells going to some cocaine parties at in New York. I, I don't know what else to say. She's insane. She's crazy. She sucks. She does not stand for the people. She's a grifter. And she came out and she was talking about, you know, oh, slamming on Twitter, slamming profitable war, talking about, you know, there's so many, so many hedge fund people. There's so many rich pieces of trash CEOs and corporate entities that are profiting off of war meanwhile right before she tweets that out she bought a bunch of defense stock so if you guys don't know what defense stock is it depends so there's there's defensive cyclical which is like retail stores so that means cycles 
uh, goes through cycles. Walmart's not always going up. It depends on the season, shopping season, what, what promotions they have going on, blah, blah, blah. And then there's defensive consumer. So it's stuff like household goods. So like tobacco, coffee, uh, groceries, stuff like that. She apparently purchased anywhere between a thousand and fifteen thousand. Okay, in Lockheed Martin. So Lockheed Martin is a. I want to say they they make they make uh, they manufacture missiles or weapons or something, defense systems for the military. So she didn't actually uh, invest in in defensive. Uh, she, def- she literally in defensive uh, stocks. So she invested a shit ton of money into Lockheed Martin and. I read something on how much how much money she potentially made from that investment. But anyway, this is the problem. This is the main problem I've talked about that's plagued the United States. The corrupt coupling of the government, so the, the public, so the government and the private sector in America. If you you can point to the corrupt coupling and marriage between the private and the government sector in America and blame it for almost every major problem in in America. If you look at public education, it's run by the government, it's run by the state, but then you look and in, you look into all the people that are part of the board and where their money lies and charter schools and their power and all that kind of stuff. It's always not just the government and not just the private sector, it's them coupled together where there are usually conflicts of interest but it doesn't matter. Both both ends, so the, the 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 corporations and the senators that are writing bills and getting lobbied by the corporations and the corporations that are asking them to make promises and create bills and pass bills that will help them or create a tax code that's super big and there's a lot of or it's large and there's a lot of loopholes in it. This kind of thing is the main issue I think that keeps America from being better than it can be. And I'm not going to sit here and act like America is the worst country in the world. I've, I've given my opinion on that many times. It's not. It's a great place, and I'm grateful to be an American. But it's people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and all the millions of people that are doing the same exact thing that have insider knowledge. They likely knew. She definitely knew about incoming bans, incoming sanctions, and she knew she would profit off of this investment. She knew that we would probably, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, they would probably all be selling missiles to Ukraine, to Poland, blah, blah, blah. And she tweets about it because she's one of the biggest hypocrites in the entire United States government. Congresswoman, senator, representative, no matter what. She's one of the worst of them all. But if you ask one of my friends who I've talked to recently, hypocrisy doesn't matter. Because, you know, shocker. This guy is a super hardcore radical leftist and he doesn't care if the people that he's voting for don't actually believe what they say and stand for what they say. And, you know, this is a good example. He should be a real fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I know that he's in fact not. But I don't know the solution to this, but I know there needs to be bigger, there needs to be safety nets to keep from things like this from happening, to keep Insider trading is a serious problem, and it's a, a really punishable, it's a highly punishable crime. It messes people, it messes with people's money worse than, like, money is already messed with. Regular people's money is already fucked with so much in America, especially with the stock market. And then when you add in a government employee, someone who's supposed to serve the people, tweeting to her 
squawking to her weird followers, to her cultist members, about how bad it is, how horrible it is for people to profit off of war. While she's doing it, it's just, it's disgusting. And like I've said, there, there are some people that used to work for Pfizer that most likely left the company but kept a bunch of stock and they decide to go on the FDA board, the, the, the board that reviews and decides, makes a decision on whether or not they're going to emergency use authorize or F, even FDA approve the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine. There's stories like this that have come out in the past couple years. There were a couple people, I wish I knew their names, I can actually look them up right now. But there are people that were a part of Pfizer that probably still are communicating with their buddies at Pfizer. Like I said, probably have a shit ton of stock because that's how it works. Especially when you're a, when you have like a, a pension package or whatever and you decide to go leave or whatever, they'll give you a shit ton of stock. A 401k, or not a 401k, but a, you know, a pension fund. The pension fund could be money, could be stock, could be a mix of both. But they go over to the FDA and there's a complete conflict of interest because if they have, if they know that their vote or their decision on emergency use authorizing or FDA approving this vaccine can make the money, they're going to do it. Let's see. Former Pfizer employee works for FDA. Ah, it's coming up already. Yeah. So it's the other way around. Okay, so there's an ex-FDA boss who joined Pfizer 83 days after, after leaving the FDA. And then we have... Yeah, so there, there's it's stuff like this. That's his name is Scott Got, Gottlieb, Gottlieb, Doctor Scott Gottlieb. Sorry, it's just it's one of those things, man. Especially you know that might even be worse because you know that guy. If he used to be a boss at Pfizer, you know he still has connections. You know he still has sway. You know he still has influence. This kind of thing is bad. This is what I think hinders the growth of America the most. There are a lot of other problems, big and small, but I think the meddling of affairs between the private sector and the government sector has to stop. That kind of thing just can't happen. It's it's It keeps America from being better than it already can be. It hurts people. It hurts most normal people, really. A lot of people don't realize it. Stuff like Marjorie Taylor Greene making 50, uh, spending 15K on defensive stock probably making who knows how much money that kind of thing is just it it goes over people's heads but that you know that's money out of regular people's pocket i'm not one of those people who says oh you know if the billionaires are making money that means i can't make money i can't go in the stock market it's only for rich people it's not a pie uh the you know money is not a pie you can make money like I don't mean printing, but if there's a demand for something, you can meet the supply and money will come in flowing. There's not just because there's, you know, all the money, like 99% of the money in the United States is tied up in the 1% or whatever fucking fake bullshit figures people come up with. Doesn't mean that there's not money to be made. I'm not trying to say that, but the government sector and the private sector need to be separated. There needs to be checks and balances. There needs to be I want to say like a regulatory body, but you know that regulatory body could probably be bought out by both sides. So I don't have the solutions to this. I'll have to think about it more, but just be mindful and you can do the same thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing. The only problem is that you have to do your own research and you have to kind of try to time the market, which a lot of people try to do. 
You have millions, you have tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people trying to do the same thing at the same time. But, and the main issue is you don't have the the insider knowledge that, and the insider information that Marjorie Taylor Greene has. Anyway, you can do the same though. You can totally, in a time where people are panic selling and freaking out because of what the media is saying and what the news is reporting, you can make money off the stock market. Totally, totally can. It's highly doable. So next story I wanted to talk about, there is a Boston Black Lives Matter activist. Her and her husband were actually indicted on federal fraud charges. So Monica Cannon Grant and her husband Clark Grant Grant allegedly used $185,000 from their nonprofit organization. It's called Violence in Boston. And they used that money to pay for rent, shopping sprees, hotels, car rentals, auto repairs, meal deliveries, and vacations including a trip to Maryland and U.S. attorneys, uh, the U.S. attorney's office. Okay. I'm just reading off my notes. The U.S. attorney's office said all this in a statement and they're getting indicted on federal fraud charges. Guys, I've said this before. Sadly, in today's age, and I'm sure it's been like this since the beginning of time, it's just that we have the internet now and we can, we can hear these things quicker and we can see these things quicker and sometimes even unravel them and investigate on them and uncover them through the internet. There have been crimes that have been solved off the internet uh, directly or not solely from the internet, but a lot of people, you know, were able to solve things because of the internet quicker than they, or maybe they solved a crime through the internet that they probably couldn't have if there wasn't the internet, whatever. It's a powerful tool. Depends on whose hands it's in. But you really need to do your research into charities and nonprofit organizations. I'm not saying it to you guys like you're being stupid. I'm sure you know. A lot of people, I'm not the first person to say, oh, you should do research and not just throw your money at people because they have a, a mission statement that sounds nice to you. There are numerous, countless stories of nonprofits and charities that the people who are raising the money, the people that are in charge, are taking the money. They're buying houses. I talked about the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. She has she has an insane number of luxury homes that she has purchased all around the world. But she talks about, she peddles conspiracies. She talks about how oppressed she is and how oppressed black people are in America. And you can argue that they are in certain ways. I'm not taking that away from the overall message. But then you find out that there's tens of millions of dollars that are not accounted for that are not being reported on, because like I explained in the past, when donations are made, especially excessive donations, big ones, like tens of thousands and in the millions of dollars, you have to report to the IRS where this is going, where the money is going to be, what's, what the intention is to use for this money. And if it's not reported, that's when they start to look deeper, audits are done, you get delisted from the Amazon platform, Amazon Smiles, I told you that, that story a couple of episodes ago. And it's just not a good look when you have the co-founder buying million-dollar homes around the globe and then they're also being money that's unaccounted for and not reported on within the charity that she supposedly runs and co-founded. It's just one of those things where it's a lesson. It's another lesson. This is like the 800th lesson in the past year when it comes to nonprofits and charity organizations. Do your research on them. Look into them, look at who's who's backing them, look at the history of the people who work there, 
And yes, a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, most of the money for these charities don't actually go to the charity. Sadly, that is the case for a lot of nonprofits because people have to, people are not, unless a nonprofit is 100% volunteer driven, which I don't think that exists. I mean, on a big scale, it doesn't. You can have a canned food drive where there's 20 people that are volunteering and they don't get a single thing from it except a shirt, maybe. Um, the employees have to get paid. The supplies have to get paid for. The venue or the building has to get paid for. A, a big chunk of the money doesn't actually go to the cause. If you have a huge charity or a huge nonprofit, though, and say 5% of the money that, that goes into it goes to the to the cause, that's still better than nothing. And I wish it was better. I wish the figures were the other way around. But that's the way it is. And then you have people like this who are just taking the money and using it to go on vacation and to get food deliveries. It's, you you just got to pay attention. You got to be careful where you're putting your money. Because of course, all the people that are donating to these causes, they're doing it for the right reasons. They have good, out of the goodness of their heart, they have good intentions. They are hoping that this money is going to go to a good cause and it'll help people. And you have people like this that are taking advantage of people with kindness in their hearts. And it's sad, but like I said, this is just a lesson. Got to learn from it. I know in the past I have, I've actually done, I did this charity walk for a charity that I'm not going to name when I was younger. And then a lot of things have come out about them in the, in the past about how such a minuscule amount, like a almost criminal amount of money that gets raised by, uh, that gets raised by this charity or nonprofit. I don't remember which one they are. Um, such a small, minuscule, criminal amount of money actually goes to the cause. And, you know, I've decided that I'm never going to send another dime to them. And and then there's, like, the Child Mind organization, the one that I share that's in my description. All the money from my merch sales, which will be up in the future. Uh, it's kind of on a standstill right now because I have other things to figure out. But I'm also just kind of having people wear the merch and I want to see how it holds up over time. I want to see if it's good quality. And I want to make sure it's good quality before I sell it to you guys. Anyway, the Child Mind Institute. I did serious digging. I've done months and months of research on nonprofits and charities to make sure that I find and funds so I could find or and trust so that I could find the some that are that have good reputations, some that actually have helped people. I look for individual stories that are not bought and paid for by the organization to make sure that they're legit and that people have actually received help from them because I I don't want to endorse a nonprofit or a charity organization that has a shady history so do your research watch out for people like this because a lot of them exist sadly all right next thing I wanted to talk about that's kind of small oh yeah so Putin had this pretty scary kind of speech where he was talking about self-purification of Russia from scum and traitors. And I think this was when he, out of fear of getting poisoned, he fired like a thousand people from his inner circle, which I didn't know you could have an inner circle that fucking big. I would imagine it'd be like 30 people at the most, the people that sit at that round table and kind of out of fear agree with everything that he says. But, but Nazis in the Azov Battalion. That's, that's like the thing that people are focusing on. There's so many shit-lib, anti-American, 
retards that know nothing about nothing at all when it comes to the military when it comes they hate america so much they're so blinded by their retarded radical ideology that they're focusing on oh you know there are nazis in the ukrainian military i've covered this before yes not everybody in the military in any country is going to be a good person <clears throat> a good patriotic person who's joining for the for the right cause some of them the way that they see it i'm not sympathizing with them at all i'm not defending their actions but the way they see it they're gonna join the military so they can protect their whiteness so they can protect their nationalists that's what nazis are they want to defend their countries yes it's coming from the wrong place but they're going to be shitty people in the military so there are people that genuinely defend putin and will point out oh there's nazis in the azov battalion oh you know there's this and that here oh you know Zelensky did this and I've talked about it before, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what the reason is that Putin has done this, no matter the fucking abuse that you can argue that he's taken as a Russian, you know, his pride for the Soviet Union, blah, blah, blah. None of that matters when you're killing innocent people. And then if you bring this up to one of these shit libs, these shit journalists like Max Blumenthal, Aaron Maté, Jimmy Dore, these shit lib journalists, all they do is point out. Oh, you know, it's actually to blame for America. You know, Jimmy Dore fucking tweeted some weird-ass shit. He retweeted something recently where he was talking about America is responsible for killing more humans in the entire world. And it's like, dude, just fucking leave already. It's different when you're someone who criticizes the country and you want to, you actively seek ways to improve it. I know a lot of people like that. Jimmy Dore is just, he's getting to the point where it just seems like he's grifting. Which is sad because a couple months ago I defended him, uh, especially with the COVID stuff. People called him a grifter. Um, but with this with this Russia shit, it's just like, dude, for one second, shut your goddamn mouth and be human. And think about this in the bigger picture. Because I know Jimmy Dore is not talking to military, to veterans, to people who are actively in the military. Talking to people who actually have experience with foreign policy. The way that I have. The way that a lot of people have. He's just turned into this insane anti-american grifter and you don't have to be pro-american to <laughs> you don't have to be pro-american to criticize and talk about the ukraine russia conflict of course but it's just it's insane to see how far that guy's fallen but anyway yeah i'm it's it's funny to hear these shit lib journalists quote-unquote journalists not actually report on things like this not actually report on Putin talking about self-purification of scum and traitors. Like, come on, man. Well, let's focus on the Nazis in the Ukrainian Azov Battalion. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of hearing people's fucking... People need to put their egos aside and realize that that um, their opinion matters as little as everyone else's. I've said this before. People's opinions all equally matter the least amount. <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm tired of hearing people talk up their shit. They're allowed to, but I just, you know, I, I, I tune it out. I've been less and less these days. I'm paying attention to, to the Ukraine-Russia conflict and more just looking at it from a, from a business stock standpoint, to be honest. I hope that it ends. I hope that it ends and the least amount of people die, but it doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. So fuck those shit libs and, uh, fuck Putin. <laughs> Fuck everybody who kills innocent people on all sides, period.
So last thing I wanted to talk about, let's see. So there's a Time article. It was talking about Ethereum's creator or founder, Vitalik Buterin. And I think he has something to do with uh, Cardano also. Cardano was a crypto that I used to be into. And I, I think I made the most money off Cardano out of all the cryptos. And then I got taxed up the ass for that shit. But he's talking about, he said he's worried about crypto's future. I wonder why. Maybe it's because the guy who created this shit knows he's being backed into a corner and knows that crypto is trash. Crypto is not legit. There might be a couple that, you know, provide, provide, uh, what do you call it? Infrastructure and alternative, short-term alternatives for people that like in Japan who have technology and they can blah, blah, blah. But it's all, at the end of the day, it's all a fiat currency. Every cryptocurrency is a fiat currency. Meaning it's just there to be, to make money, you know, by trading it in for the US dollar, for trading it in for the yen, for trading it in for the whatever, whatever currency you can think of, that's what it is. It's not a real currency. It's not backed by anything. The US dollar is not backed by anything either, but the difference is it's what pumps through (laughs) the entire world, really. There are places around the world that rely off the U.S. dollar. When the U.S. dollar takes a hit, everyone takes a hit, especially Americans, obviously. Look at inflation. But I've said this before. Cryptocurrency is a cult. Everybody who promotes it is doing it. It's a pump and dump scheme. We've seen seen this many times. It's a pump and dump scheme where the people who promote it only are promoting it out of self-interest. They don't genuinely believe it, no matter how loud they scream. There's so many of these crypto cultists on Twitter that I see that pop up. There are a couple UFC fighters that are super crypto cultists. And, you know, for them, I make kind of a, uh, I kind of give them a, what do you call it? A pass because they're, they're looking for ways to increase fighter income, (laughs) fighter pay. But there are a lot of big time, big time, uh, political figure or figures who public figures who will be like, I'm not a financial analyst, but I know my fucking tweets carry a lot of weight with these retards that don't look into things before they dump into it. Uh, I mean, I looked into crypto before I got into it, but my problem was, was I was listening to a lot of people who didn't have my best interest in mind. They had their own and they had, you know, they have an interest in this crypto going up. So they're going to say, oh yeah, buy this crypto Get into this crypto. They're about to settle with the SEC, XRP, Ripple. They're about to fucking partner. You know, all these corporations are buying them. That literally does not mean shit. When you find out a big bank in Switzerland, the oldest bank in the world is fucking buying up this crypto. It doesn't mean that it's legit. It means that they also have identified that they can make money off of it. It's the same thing with Elon Musk and Dogecoin. He talks shit about Dogecoin. It plummets. Tesla buys a shit ton. He talks about how Teslas can be bought with Dogecoin. It goes up. They make a shit ton of money. That's how it goes. These banks and corporations are not buying it because they think it's legit. They just know that in the short term, they can make a lot of money off of it. And that's how it is. Point blank, period. No one has ever been able to convince me otherwise. My research of all sides and even neutral people have not been able to convince me that crypto is anything other than a short-term, basically, pyramid scheme, fiat currency scam. There's nothing that backs it. It doesn't provide real infrastructure. doesn't provide electricity. It actually uses electricity. And I've explained this before. 
The fees are already really high for a lot of cryptos, especially Bitcoin and Ethereum. The gas tax fees are really high. The transfer fees are really high. The taxes are high. And this is before the government has come in to regulate it. They're already going after Bitcoin owners. They're already going after the big exchanges. All the big exchanges are now reporting all of their transactions to the IRS, the way that stock markets and stockbrokers are supposed to. The shit is going down. <laughs> in I predict in probably the next 10 years, we're never going to see a cryptocurrency transaction again. Between the gas tax fees, the transfer fees, and the taxes for when you buy and sell or transfer, it's not going to be worth it. You're not going to be making any money. You might be losing money. It's it's not worth it. Cryptocurrency is a scam. And Ethereum's founder or creator, Vitalik Buterin, he knows this. He knows this. So I think that's about it for this episode. I think I've talked about everything in my uh, in my notes. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Green sucks. Crypto sucks. And stock market sometimes sucks, but can also be great. Thank you guys for paying attention, for listening to this episode. Thank you for sticking with me through the kind of longer delays and uh, pauses in between episodes. Next couple weeks will be interesting because, oh, I forgot to tell you guys, my wife, she surprised me with tickets to see Tim Dillon in Dublin. So not this upcoming weekend, but the next weekend, we're going to be flying to Dublin. It's going to be amazing because I plan on going to Conor McGregor's gym because you guys know me, maybe seeing his gym. I want to go to his pub. I want to see just, you know, I want to just go through these beautiful Irish villages. Uh, of course, we're going to see Tim Dillon is my favorite comedian right now. It's it's something, it's an opportunity that I'm blessed to be a part of and to have. And I'm super grateful to my wife for for surprising me with this. And we're going to come back. Work two days, and then we're flying to Greece for our honeymoon. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. I'll try to pump out episodes as, as best as I can, but if I'm gone, you guys know why. And yeah, stay tuned and pay attention. Uh, keep on the lookout for merch updates and announcements. And yeah, stay tuned. And as always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you. Thank you.